You guys, I'm really excited for this episode because finally Greg's actually doing something, right, baby? That that's right. This is gonna be my favorite ship ever. I don't even care what we're shipping. It's my favorite fandom ever. The Turtle Dumb, yeah! But, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Turtle Dumb's better what? than the Teen Titans fans, is what you're saying? No, no, second, Se- okay. second, I okay. meant. Second, my second favorite fandom. Well, the thing is, it goes way back for me. I grew up watching the Turtles in the 80s, and, you know, it got me into meditation, yoga, martial arts. It made me who I am in such a big way. So it's like, so let me rephrase it. My first, my first favorite fandom was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then came Teen Titans. I'm just happy you know something about this show. (laughs) I know a lot, maybe too much. Today's Ship It Show guests are two of my favorite human beings in the whole world, Ciro Nieli and Kevin Eastman. Ciro is, uh, we go way back from the original Teen Titans. He was a director on Teen Titans, some of my favorite episodes of the original Teen Titans show he directed us. Um, not, not voice directing, but actual animation direction. And Kevin Eastman, everybody knows who Kevin is, the original creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. And this is going to be rad. Let's get them on. It's like Good Times meets I Love Lucy. There it is. I was dancing earlier. It's kind of hard to dance in the window alone. <laughs> <laughs> My little muse. <laughs> Welcome to the Thank you guys. Show. Oh my god, I'm so excited for today's show because it's the first show out of 300 that Greg has got the guests for. And I was muted. And did you mute me, Tara? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I heard you though. Because maybe I can sit back and like let you, because you know everything about this show, right? I, I do. I really do. Luckily, this this is the one show, maybe out of all the shows we've ever done, that I actually will know a tremendous about because the turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, made me made me who I am in a big way today. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so we'll let you have the reins for most of the show. So why don't you introduce our amazing guest? We have uh, first Kevin Eastman. Original creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and his his partner Laird, uh, right? I don't know. I don't even know his full name. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> but bless up, bless him up. And then Ciro Nieli, the, the 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 man who ushered in the 2012 Turtles, created that show and just has been such a light and a lighthouse in my life. And and um, I love this brother so much. So so special to have everybody on here today. Mama Tara Strong, you look beautiful as ever. And this is just exciting because again, I know a lot about this ship. I mean, I'm excited with the world. I don't I don't even know who, who we're shipping, but I ship Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I always have. Wow. I'm I'm so excited. So who do you want to start with, Sipesy? It's I'm, your show, baby. No, no. I love I love listening to you talk. <laughs> OK, OK. Well, I'm I'm really excited to have both of you on. And I, I was, love this. I was, this seems like a this seems like a Teen Titans reunion, too. I'm like, yes, it's here. true. It's, it's true. Um, I'm, I, I was reading a little bit about the origin story of how it came to be, and it's so fascinating. So Kevin, maybe you want to, in your own words, tell us the origin story for how we got to where we got to today. And my gosh, you've touched so many lives. It's so fascinating. So tell everybody how it all began. Mike, was the first turtle he drew, by the way. Yeah, actually, that's, this I is knew a, that. 
this is a sketch on the hand. It's like a, it's a the first turtle drawn, but it was, um, yeah, Peter and I were, uh, we shared a, a tiny little studio. Um, it was called the Mirage Studio because it was our living room. And uh, um, one of my favorite things to do to Peter while he was trying to watch one of his favorite TV shows uh, was to annoy him as much as possible. And so one night I did this little drawing of a turtle standing upright with a mask on, kind of, not kind of, but very much inspired by Bruce Lee, thinking that if Bruce Lee was an animal, what would be the, the stupidest animal that Bruce Lee would be? So a fast-moving martial artist, slow-moving turtle. So I did this sketch and I put it on his uh, on his desk and I said, this is going to be the next big thing, you know, ha, ha, ha. Um, he laughed and that's, you know, a barometer. So he did a sketch, changed some, changed some things. And then I said, well, if one, why not? A group you know like fantastic four or x-men or whatever so i did a sketch of four each with different weapons that had a title that said uh ninja turtles on it and when he um i did it in pencil when he inked it in he had a teenage mutant to the to the title and we just wow. fell, fell apart laughing we said this is the silliest thing we've ever seen we we've, we've got to come up with a with a story that tells how these characters uh, uh could be brought to life so that's that was 1983 so i'm 30 a long year, 37 years ago. <laughs> Yo, I was three years old, little baby Sipes. Oh, I love that so much. And and in the beginning, did you foresee that it would be such an international success, loved for so many generations? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. No, we did not. <laughs> no, we, uh, it, it's funny, uh, I'm joking only because it is, it, it's really silly. We just, Peter and I were um, hugely inspired by, um, um, comics and and it's in particular a guy named jack kirby who's a big we were big huge fans of jack kirby who created slash co-created most of the marvel universe and many many other things and that was our dream was to to follow in his footsteps and write and draw comic books and uh and so we get so many rejection letters we decided that let's come up with our own comic and we'll we'll self-publish it and even if we don't sell you know a single copy we're we're following that dream and um so that's why the very first issue of the turtles is self-contained it's 40 pages beginning middle and end and we kill the main bad guy at the end of the story not i'm not giving you any spoilers <laughs> um but it was it was only done as a as a one shot because we didn't think um would be able to do any more and uh um thank goodness for all those fans out there that you know from the very earliest of, of days you know wrote those letters and said you know give us more so we did issue two and issue three and then you know um it just um you know, a short 37 years later i'm still i'm actually was drawing on a new book a new turtle book <laughs> just before i jumped on the line with you guys so I'm, i mean the, they're your baby amazing yeah, but the inspiration baby. that shot into him that day that grew this huge empire like he didn't know it's just it's like these little god shots right the universe is like hey don't forget you're here to do this you're here to make people it's so smile magical <laughs> I, I i remember listening to a philosopher by the name of um Terence McKenna speaking about how human is humanity is evolving in the, the good ways it is. And, and part of what he said, Terence, he goes, in a world where the teenage ninja turtles, the tur ninja turtles could show up, he's basically saying we are on the right track as a uh, as a as a society towards enlightenment. So the fact that the, the turtles was born that day and through that really magical moment, and also, if anybody has any of those original issues, you're a millionaire right now. Yeah. Those How many <laughs> of those are out there? How many like first issue are out there in the world? I don't know, but I wish I had a kept more of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think I, I, know, I know the number, right, Kevin? It's like there's you guys made three thousand, but 
only a thousand. Here's here's as a as a nerd before I made this show. Like I, I have that book. I had it when I was a kid. I got it when it came out the day it came out. Um, the problem with the book was it didn't travel much across the U.S. because those guys were Northeast United States mm. and they were independents, so it didn't get far. So there was three thousand copies, two thousand of which, from what I heard, was that Kevin and Peter use those to sign and sell at comic book appearances or comic show appearances. So if you have one of the thousand that somehow got into a store natively, naturally, those are worth even more. Um, it was when we, when we, you're right. I mean, when we started it, we were, we borrowed money from my uncle. We set a, a budget to print 3000 copies and take out one ad in a comic book newspaper called the comics buyer's guide. And, uh, uh, to sell it for a dollar fifty plus fifty cents postage, and oh. so we started getting um, calls from comic stores saying we, you know, we've got a lot of fans coming in and asking about your book. Will you sell us some? And probably about fifteen hundred to two thousand ended up getting out into comic stores. But it was like Ciro said quite correctly, it was all East Coast stores. Everybody that you know saw the the thing would call the office, and we we ended up working it out. So that's, that's wow. Sort of- so world, if you have one at home, like don't spill coffee on it like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Ciro, I want to bring you into the conversation and get your origin story so we can marry it all together and see how it became. What 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 role you play in in this whole amazing world? My origin is real boring. It's like kind of like everyone else's. Like my 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 parents had sex and then I came out. There was no turtle comic. There was no I'm just I'm, I'm just sitting on the shoulder of this great giant Kevin Eastman. You're also uh, very humble, Ciro. You are so uh, humble. You're I mean, like, it's the same thing. Like I, 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 I don't do anything. I sit at home. I look at Kevin's books. I look at Ke- Jack Kirby books. And I'm just, you know, waiting wait for the next thing to get me. But uh, I have uh, to say, if there was a, a sixth turtle, a sixth Italian master artist, I've always said it's Sionieli. And really, that's if you were gonna that's you got him, you mama fested him, Kevin. You that's your Sir is your that artist that you're like a you're such a legend. Both of you are legendary artists, but it's right. to, to watch what, what you do and what you did with the turtles. It's like you're making me want to go drink like a something green. And I'm at okay, the I'm sorry, I'm, I'm derailing everything. No, no, go, go. <laughs> the, the story I tell about Ciro when I do my little sideshow presentation, because uh, besides the original comic series, one of my all-time favorite turtle um, um, entertainment series, which is very, very entertaining, was Ciro Neely's um, 2012 series. It's it's uh, hands down one of my favorites. Um, there's, there's so many cool things. And what I loved about learning more about Ciro and we spent some time traveling and doing some PR and, and, and those kind of things. And, you know, growing up, um, his dad owned a pizza place. Um, you know, so he grew up reading comic books and eating pizza and, and was a big fan of the turtles from, from early on. So when and I had met Ciro before he got the, got the gig for, for turtles and was a big fan of, um, you know, the Titans and the super monkey force co and so many other things. We have mutual friends. Uh, and so I was super thrilled when Ciro got the series and, uh, what he did was this amazingly, wonderfully beautiful thing where he was able to pick through multiple turtle universes, but pick his favorite parts and then re 
hit the reset button, relaunch it, and then pull little bits and pieces from many turtle universes to create a new foundation to tell some absolutely fantastic and uh, amazingly entertaining and sometimes really messed up stories. Which are some of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about that too. I want to talk about just the, the spectrum of realities and dimensions that the turtles get to exist in is like no other thing in the whole world other than God himself, God herself. Yeah. Like the turtles get to really, truly be in every dimension from, you know, the Michael Bay weird, like, you know, whatever that is. And to the, to, to, uh, to the beautiful, beautiful work that the eighties turtle, or eighties turtles was for me. The original turtles just changed my life forever. Again, got me into meditation, yoga, not yoga. Actually. Yeah. Med- there was a little yoga in there. I'm sure. But, Master Splinter taught the turtles to meditate. And I remember sitting on my floor one day and just doing what the turtles were doing. And that was my first time truly meditating with Master Splinter and the turtles sitting on my living room floor. I'll never forget it. And then I was, you know, Michelangelo every Halloween. All my birthday parties had pizza parties at the roller skating ring with my fluorescent It's so fun for you that you got to play him. Like, you could die tomorrow, really. Yeah, yeah. Right? Good. It's good. (laughs) Don't die. Don't die. Please don't die. No, no, no. I'm living. I'm living. Ciro, tell us how you got into this world, how you were like sort of a conduit for these characters so people understand your role in it. Well, I mean, it, it, I, I've always been able to draw. And uh, it's funny, like a lot of what Kevin was saying, like I, I kind of mirrored a lot of that and he was a big part of it in my life. I I think as a kid, I, I, I you know, like most kids, you're, you're not in control of your environment. You're kind of like, you know, tied down to what your parents allow parents allow you to you know you're not an adult so you spend a lot of time I spent a lot of time reading and and I, you know there was always pens and paper around so I was always drawing I you know my parents owned the restaurant and I I sat there helping them but a lot of times I had to sit in the corner and I had to kind of like self babysit so I was reading a lot and I was trying to draw and you know things like Batman and Superman and you know the X-Men and like the Marvels and the DCs the big like real shows uh, or comics were, you know, those things were really intimidating to me. They seemed like gods and I didn't feel like I could be a part of that universe. And when I read Turtles, you know, and I was like 10 years old, there was something, you know, and I'm not saying it wasn't on the same level as those things. It was, it had a different something special, Mm. which was, Mm. there was a charm and a relatability that invited me. And uh, I think at that time, I was going through something where I thought, you know, because all kids do this, they get to around, everyone draws and you get to around 10, 11, 12, and you start to discover other things. And then that, that starts to kind of go like, well, all children draw and that's children's stuff. And now I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to play sports. And then I'm going to be in the girls and whatever. Um, and you forget about drawing, but turtles came at this time where like, and it did the opposite. It, it said to me, Hey, these guys did it. And they're doing it really well and they're inspiring and, and you can do it. And I think from that point on, I kind of dug in even deeper and, and kind of, you know, cemented that I wanted to draw and be an artist in whatever capacity. I still thought I wanted to draw comics at that age. And it wasn't until later when I went to like university and stuff and I got a film degree and all that. I, I, I kind of didn't do comics. I did what I would have done in comics, but like in moving motion, which is like sequential storytelling of, of live action or animation. And I moved to LA and got into, you know, trying to be in film and animation. It's kind of kismet, you know, that I ended up on Turtles because it was one of those things I put away for several years. Um, I, I didn't chase Turtles. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, oh, I wish I could make Turtles. 
but I do know that like every time a turtle project happened, I would say, uh, oh, there, there's another turtle project I'm not going to be a part of. And I would be kind of melancholy. So, but it wasn't until, you know, I got the chance where I went, oh my God, how, how could I have never not done this? Like this, this so forged me at such a young age. And then at the same time to be reintroduced to Kevin, because I, I had met him before through, through mutual friends, which was like intense for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, Kevin means the world to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like to be able to travel with him, like you said, and, and for us to build a relationship now, like I can't really imagine my life having gone another way. Like it would have been so empty. So yeah. I felt very blessed and I'm very grateful for all these people I'm looking at. Even you, Tara, you're my raven. Like yeah. I love working on Titans years ago. I mean, this is like I'm very lucky. So yeah, it was it's been a, a funny road, you know. <laughs> it's like you don't you can't plan it. Everything, everything happens for a reason and it happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen. So. I think that's true. Occasionally we, that's think true. We're, we think we're in control. Um, and that's so true. You know, sometimes you look back and you're like, wow, that was like a really ugly chapter in my life that I read. But then you realize, well, I had to read it to get to this next chapter, which is bigger, better, more authentic um, for your higher self, you know, all those things. And, you know, we're so lucky that we're so blessed that we get paid to do what we love. And I think that's one of the other big secrets in life is if if you're making money and sustaining your life and you're you're doing it by doing something that you love like that's just the biggest gift of all and then it's a miracle and then why'd you cast greg sipes you know I mean, <laughs> <that's weird. laughs> at, the, at the time when uh do you do you remember his audition oh, were you both at his audition for, for turtles there wasn't even really an audition it was like because at that time i think sipes and i were hanging out 24 7 for years like literally like I would wake up and Sykes would be at my door and we'd spend the whole day together. And um, one of the things we would do is we would go to this one spot that was like kind of like a sweat sauna steam area. It was like a spa and, and it looked like the turtle lair. Yeah. And, and it, it was like a, cause it looked like a, like what I ended up designing as the turtle. Lair. It was like an underground, it was wet. It was like a sewer. It was tiles and ceramic and like, and I would sit there and we would kind of like meditate and, and philosophize about life. And when turtles started coming up and I was like, well, I'm working on turtles now. And I would listen to Sipes and I would, and then more and more, I'm like, oh, well, he's just like, I guess Sipes is, Sipes is Michelangelo, I guess. He always has been, I didn't realize it. So I, I kind of went along with the idea that he was already Michelangelo. And this is like, even for like six months, I channeled like Sipes vibe Cause he like, to me, he, he embodied the human Calabunga spirit. So like I would draw and it was always Sipes and the other three guys, I was like, I kind of know who they are, but I haven't met them yet in real life. So um, when official casting started, the network was like, all right, who you, who we're going to have a hard time. I go, no, well, it's all Sipes is already Michelangelo. So, and they were like, wait, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> I had convinced myself that's who he was. Aww. And then I realized I had to convince like a room of like 6,000 people, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is different. And then he had to audition, but it was like a proxy, you know, it was like the audition was a, it, it was just a technicality, I guess. Like I, right. I, there was no way Sykes wasn't going to be Mikey. And then as soon as he opened his mouth, they were like, oh, okay, he is Michelangelo. It was so oh. fun. I'll never forget those auditions, man. It was so fun. And I'll never forget the day we, again, in our spa sessions, we talk about, you know, because they didn't want to bring the original Cowabunga catchphrase back right in the beginning. And they wanted <laughs> us to come up with a new idea. So we got to have fun with, like, coming up with Booyaka Show! 
<laughs> Which yeah, literally, that was nice. well, it was us. It was us. And and of course, all glories to Papa G, Mr. Eastman, Papa Eastman, Guruji Eastman for inspiring <laughs> all of this. And it's so amazing that you get to actually witness your infinite creation just roll out, roll out and throughout all these dimensions again from huge, the biggest blockbuster movies many times over and over in the different forms. And it's just like, it must be so surreal for you, bro. I mean, it's surreal for me to play Michelangelo because he, again, he is so much of who I am. He gave me so much and still does to this day. You put food on my plate, both of you right now. So thank you. Oh. Well, you, know, it, it, you know, it's funny. I think I, I'm going to tell the, one of my favorite moments um, of many, 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 many Sipes moments is the first day I met him. Um, I was doing this gallery show at the Meltdown Comics on Sunset when it was, when it was there and the, show has been underway and you know Cyril had invited me over the studio a few times and you know just this that and the other thing but I was setting up a, a turtle show there and uh, this really pleasant person came in and he's looking around at the, um, the stuff that was uh, we had the first turtle drawing there we had a bunch of other stuff and uh, uh, and he started telling me about his him being a huge fan of turtles and this and that and um, and I said well that's really wonderful to hear I I, I created him. I don't think you knew who I was at that time or what it looked like. <laughs> I did it. I think you did one of these, like, if you had water in your mouth, it would have been a spit take, you know, like, <laughs> but, you went, like well, um, but you just, uh, and, and we started, she, you go, well, I'm the voice of Michelangelo. And I said, duh, it's perfect. You are Michelangelo. It's like when the, that minute I was like, yeah, that's, uh, oh I feel God. like you, 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 uh, not to belittle your your talents, but I don't think you have to do much acting because you fully embody all things. <laughs> no, right. I am you. I am you. I am you. And there's so so, so much significance to, to Michelangelo to me. And that moment, the moment you're speaking of when I walked into Meltdown Comics, you actually had this really cool replica of your your home studio, your drawing studio in literally in in <laughs> Meltdown Comics. They like built a set where he got to actually you got to see what his area looks like you know where you, you guys must be fun at cons do you guys get lined up with people either you know dressing as we've seen a lot of people dressing as okay i already know this is true so give me like your favorite con story think about your favorite con story with either someone asking for a drawing or mm -hmm. dressed as the characters or living their lives as these characters or what they meant I, or what you meant to them blah 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 Tara, i i i got to go to spain with kevin for a turtle signing and i think it was the first time kevin had ever been to spain Yep. And like since Turtles was created. So people were coming up to me and I would just, I would do my turtle head I draw, which takes like 0.2 seconds and I would throw it. And then I would look up and there would be like no line and there would be like 6,000 people for Kevin. <laughs> and then I would turn, and he was right next to me. And then I, and then I was, so I got to spend a lot of time sitting. Every single person that came up to Kevin told him that he was responsible for them being alive and that they owed him everything. And if it wasn't for him, that basically they wouldn't, oh, they wouldn't have survived. And it just that witnessing somebody, you know, and, and Kevin takes the time to be sweet to every single person and listen to their stories. Like, this is true. I'm not just trying to kiss up to you, Kevin, but it really like, I was like, wow, like it really made me see like the responsibility of, of, what he had done and how special he really was so that's well, that's Peter, the most impactful i mean because otherwise it's just con you know but that, that was a huge impact to me and he's a rock star dude he's like a, oh, yeah. his life <laughs> I, when is that movie coming because I, I told you i want to audition yeah, to that's, play you. that's what i want to see <laughs> i want to see the, the, the mirage years the biopic 
I'll even shave, which would that would be the only thing I'd ever <laughs> shave for is to play play you. Kevin, uh, do you have a favorite con story or moment? Well, you know, first, thank you, Cyril, for the kind words. And it really is just like, you know, I, I love doing the shows and I feel like, you know, I have the greatest job ever because I have the greatest the greatest fans ever. And I'm, it's no joke. And I remember once um, when I was really when the Turtles, first time that um, Peter Laird and I went to San Diego Comic-Con, it was very small. I think they got 7,000 people there that year. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there doing our little $5 drawings and you kind of hear this... Uh, <laughs> this whisper go through the convention center. It's like, Kirby's here, Kirby's here, Kirby's here. So Peter and I were like, oh, we just got up and ran over to where <laughs> Kirby was. And um, he was already surrounded by a sea of people. And um, he was just finishing telling the story about he, how he and Joe Simon um, created Captain America. And he finished the story and everybody's just like hanging on every word. And then the next fan to ask the question was so nervous um, that he asked the same exact question. How did you and <laughs> Joe Simon oh. Captain America? And so Kirby answered it with the same love and passion. And he gave that fan that perfect moment. He didn't make him feel stupid. Just went through this whole glowing story again in the same kind of detail. And I always said, if I'm lucky enough to have one fan, I hope I treat them as well as Jack Kirby treated his fans. And so that was, that's my favorite convention story. Oh, I love that. You must see like a lot of fan art and all kinds of stuff that you've inspired over the years. Since we are the Ship It Show, what's your favorite relationship in this world? Once you start, Sipes. We've been, Sierra and I have been talking away. So you... Sipes, what's your favorite ship on the show? I mean, classic April O'Neil and like all four turtles. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just stole Ciro's answer. <laughs> 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 was there like is there a time where people were like oh we really want april to be with so-and-so and we're the gonna love draw off the wedding was there like is there one ship that's really stuck out for you over the years that people seem to be that people seem to gravitate towards I, Man, I, good no no please please I, there's so Greg much doesn't I could, know don't I, ask Greg. I, no, I was thinking about ice cream kitty that's a whole other amazing story the creation of ice cream kitty oh okay. i ship ice cream kitty i have i wrote a whole song for her there's an amazing music wow. video yeah okay. I, I apologize i assumed you didn't know but, anything okay Cyril. No, we Karen, the, thing that, the thing that happened early on like when i originally pitched the show there was no um like i feel like the early days of shipping in in american television like we were kind of a part of with raven and 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 Beast Boy and stuff. And it became kind of real normalized, I think, through that. I don't know if anybody cites that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, something you would see more in anime. But it, our love had a lot it really do. started happening more in our our stuff around that time. And so when Turtles started, I I kind of, in my original presentation, I, I showed... April was a different person than she uh, the, than what turned out in the show. I, I created her as an as a emotional surrogate for all four of the Turtles because... Mm -hmm where my original pitch started was that splinter had passed away and that the turtles leave the sewer for the first time in their lives because of this. And they happened to meet this girl. So they all kind of fell for her in their own way, whether it was because she was a genius or she was creative mm -hmm. or she was funny. They all gravitated to her for one of those specific things, but they all, but it was like, you know, very family still too, because it was like one girl, four turtles. So um, they were just family. Um, as it evolved, I, I don't know exactly who mandated, but I, it could have just been a natural development where we're just like, she's just, all right, one of them has to like her. And it was the most unassuming one. And we made it Donatello. 
It's so goofy. So goofy. Because um, he was, you know, he, so you know, it just works because he was awkward. Like he would, you know, stumble. Like he's a genius and he could do anything, but he was all thumbs when it came to ladies. So, or, or affairs of his uh, heart. So uh, we kind of went with that. But then, you know, over time, uh, the, the one that came right away, right after, which I thought we could mine a lot more from, cause it was drama based was that Leo was into Karai. And there was this whole thing and I'm, you know, the fans would know this, but I'll just say it anyway. But the, there's this idea that, you know, Leo is being raised by Splinter and Splinter going back his like blood brother and life enemy now is the shredder. And unbeknownst to him, this girl that he has a crush on is the daughter of, Spl- of Shredder. Um, so he falls in love. He gets a crush on his enemy's daughter, but then, which is his enemy too. But then later comes to realize she was actually adopted by the enemy and she was really his, his father's daughter. So she's like his stepsister, which became, you know, was this added layer of taboo. Uh, you know, it was like you have, you have good versus evil and then you have interspecies relationships. And now you have someone who's like now actually kind of like your sister and, and, and the fans just the way that evolved, it was great. Like, you know, we needed something in the writing room to really hold on to that was, you know, based on emotion and desire, but also like entrenched in fear and violence and, and fighting <laughs> and like, and it just wrote, it wrote itself for seasons. It was one of the best parts of the show. Um, whereas, you know, Donatello just for a long time, kept fumbling with April and eventually he kind of lost April to uh, Casey Jones, who was like, you know, he was like a, a, a sped up, you know, it's 17 classic, year old boy. Classic West Side story. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, you're, you're trying to be the good guy for so long with this girl you really love. And then some like, some random dude just comes in and takes her away. That's like, that's the thing you learn when you're 16. Real life. And, over. and you cast him perfectly as well. Joshua, Joshua Peck, Joshua Peck up to play. Yeah. I love Josh as that role. I, I originally wanted Josh to be Leo and it just, you know, because we were looking for a dynamic of how the four voice actors would sound, which is very specific. You can't just go, well, I love this guy for one. It's like, what's the vibe with all four of these actors together? So those roles kept switching around with Greg always being the center of the four. Like, so it was like, who could we build off of Sipes? that would work and we ended up rotating like several rafts and several leos and you know i think it got easier once i think rob was the second in and then and then um sean was the third and it all fell into place really quick but anyway i don't want that sean yeah there's lots of sean oh my god just speaking of angels sean aston is one of the we should bring him on yes absolutely yeah that'd be fun I love all these stories. You know, all the chances that you took paid off. I mean, we know that in the nerd world, you put something out, and if it's like a faux pas, and the fans are like, and you have to be brave to put out these concepts. I mean, I can't tell you how much shit I got for the killing joke, which, by the way, I loved so much, and people were so mad. I'm like, what are you mad about? Give Batgirl a cool fucking thing to do. She's a grown up. It's not his daughter. But anyway, I'm going to cause a whole more ruckus online. Um, anyway, you took a big chance and it was a huge success. Are you guys done or is it still going? We did five seasons, like 124 episodes, and we wrapped. Um, there was like, I think at that time there was management changing and the, the woman who was in charge of Nickelodeon at the time came to me and said, well, 
it's been five seasons and uh, this is what you do with big franchises. You reinvent them every five seasons. So right. thanks. And they went like, do you want to do the next one? And I said, well, no love lost for turtles, but love lost for my boys. So like, I can't do it. Like I, I gave everything. So I didn't really think, you know, and, and to be fair to the franchise, like, I think you want someone new that wants to put their all into it, not someone who put their all into it. And now is like on vapors trying to figure out what to do different, you know? So I appreciate the other versions. It just, I just couldn't do another one right off the heels of that. That's crazy. Um, you know, it's funny that, uh, you know, it's sort of a, you know, because I sort of had a peek behind the curtain with what Ciro was doing and what Nickelodeon was developing and as it was starting, but, you know, on the front lines with the fans, um, you know, anytime you mess with anything, even the slightest little bit, you know, I started getting letters like, oh, yeah, you know, you're ruining my childhood. I can't yeah. believe you know, you're going to do <laughs> oh this. God. The death and, threats start coming. And yeah, but I just kept going, dude, you, you know, people, you, you've got to see this series. It's got so much... Uh, character so much heart so much soul i mean all yeah. the i said all your favorite essence that um you know again coming from somebody that grew up as a fan he's put together this team uh, of people that want to do it right and they you know zero so quickly obviously uh, identified the heart and soul of the you know the family aspect and to me the changes making splinter taller and you know even the little five on april shirt and making her like the sister of the fifth unofficial fifth turtle and then the different elements coming in from so many turtle universes, the stories were always solid and they were always strong and always very heartfelt and very funny. And, he, and there was a lot of chances, you know, uh, in my opinion, that were taken because there was some really fucked up episodes you did, Zero. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you, as the series grew and, and as soon as people started watching that first season, all that little, oh, you've ruined my childhood completely went away. They became oh. huge fans. I love that. Amazing. I know. You know I love when creativity it. can run free. I love that so much, and that you two trusted each other and came together for this. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. Craig, do you want to ask your question? Yes. Shift, shift, Mary, kill someone in the turtledom. So it can either be who you would ship or who you ship as a couple, like who you personally would ship or who you'd like to see in relationship. There are two ways. To and and, and marry and kill. Yep. Within the okay. TMNT world. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> On the fly? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's so um, hard. I should have Go ahead, Greg. You go first. I, I just, for me, there's just, uh, it's such a hard question. You know? It's your question on your show. Who would I, <laughs> all right. I ship, I ship <laughs> Ice Cream Kitty, okay? Because I love Ice Cream Kitty. I love Ice Cream Kitty. There's a whole deep story <laughs> where Ciro's cats at the time inspired the, the, the character Ice Cream Kitty, and I loved his cats so much. I would take care of them while Ciro was sleeping under the desk at Nickelodeon making the show from day one. His, it's his, true. Yeah. Okay. So I would go feed the cats, and Ice Cream Kitty, I ship Ice Cream Kitty. She's the nectar of the universe. She's my wingman in that reality. I got to grab wingman before the show's okay. over so y'all can say hi to him, too. He's, he's laying in the sun. Oh, on the balcony um but yeah so i ship ice cream kitty mary i know who would marry who uh i i would like to see rocksteady and bebop marry <laughs> <laughs> anyway go ahead <laughs> oh man i think they're sweet together i don't know they they're like peas in a pot so i hate making decisions and choices <laughs> 
This is your game. Let's, go, let's, move on to, let's move on to Ciro. He's already got one figured out. Who are you going right. to kill? Wait, okay, who are you so... going to kill in the universe, Greg? I don't believe in that. Well, then um... why'd you make a game? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Shredder. Shredder, because he took out Splinter in our series. And that was, that was one of the craziest things ever. People were like, holy crap, they killed, they killed Splinter in the Turtle Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Shredder. Okay, got it. Go ahead, Zero. So, so Mary, Rocksteady, Bebop, uh, Ship. I'm gonna say, um, uh, fudge, man. I mean, it's just we did so much shipping on the show that it's just Michelangelo and Renette. Like, you know, I like that ship. Uh, no, I do too. <laughs> don't right, talk, don't talk about that on Terra though. She gets jealous. Another ship on Terra with any character. You still? I'm, I'm sorry. That was literally what I was gonna say because well, I love. Go ahead. No, because I love Renette. I was like, that was one of the, I created Renette just for the Cerebus Turtle crossover and what you did with her in the series and what we did with him in the IDW series and stuff was just, just, just perfect. And I could just see Michelangelo and Renette together because they would just have the best time ever all day long, every day. It would just be fantastic. I like shipping Greg Sipes with Ashley Johnson. So anytime (laughs) I cast those two characters. Guys, I'm going to mute Ciro now. <laughs> I told you she gets jealous. Um, yeah, I you know I worked with Stan Lee and and he was so amazing and he was just so vibrant and I was like, what is your secret? And he said, always do what you love. You know, get paid to do what you love and never ever retire. And when I asked him what it was like to have a brain that came up with so many iconic characters, he said, I really had a great team. You know, he was just really modest and awesome. Okay, anyways, we we need to know the rest of this shit, Mary Kill. Who do you guys want to kill? There was a character on the show I didn't like. His name was Pigeon Pete. He ended, not, Pigeon Pete. He ended up not coming back. Oh. <laughs> but like, we don't talk about it. There's a, there's a part of the show where they go, well, we don't talk about what happened to Pigeon Pete. Right. We, like, we didn't want to show it. We just like, there he is. But we, we kind of replaced him with another character named Mondo Gecko, who I thought was rad. So He was rad, dude. In a way, I think Mondo Gecko killed Pigeon Pete. Mondo Gecko <laughs> ate him, dude. And that he well, was another character I wanted named Pete Pigeon, which is a very different character. And if I could show you drawings, you'd understand. But one's a a man that you would see like going into a 7-Eleven, like who forgot his t-shirt. And the other one is like a bird. So it's like there were two different ideas. And uh, I don't know. No, it's funny because I loved, I always loved the parallels between uh, some of the stuff because some of the stuff that was crossing over between the IDW comic series that Tom and I were doing, we did like hundred episodes and what you were doing on the, on the show, because there were, there were some parallels and they would say like, you know, like we, we brought Pigeon Pete in as part of the Mutanimals and I love Pigeon Pete. We're doing this stuff. So we were doing stuff around the same time when I would say, Hey, Cyril, this is what we're doing in the comic. And you're like, don't tell me, don't tell me. Cause I think you didn't want it to affect some of the stuff that you were doing there, but it was even, you know, right up until uh, we've been trying to get Yusagi Ojimbo onto the, the IDW series and you were fighting the same fight, you know, working with, with the legal teams and all the stuff to get Usagi Ojimbo onto the, onto the, um, uh, the series that you were doing. And that was, those three episodes are just, you know, I always kept saying that you need to do that as the, really said as a movie. I mean, I know that, the, you know, I don't know, just felt it was such a great and powerful series. So. Yeah. Speaking of a movie, it felt like every episode was a movie. That's what I loved about our series together. Every episode was like a movie. It looked like a movie, especially when it first came out. It was by far the best looking CG animated show on TV, period. And 
that had so much to do with you know the the the, the originality that you all you know Sierra got to truly you know find inspiration from his deep love for the turtles and keeping it authentic as possible and bringing all dimensions the dark the light into a show that would be palatable by you know you know a Nickelodeon audience and he nailed it over and over and over and I think at one point Nickelodeon was actually worth less TMNT the brand was worth more than Nickelodeon as a, as a company just the brand it was worth more than Nickelodeon altogether and they bought it for whatever the price was for eight seventy million dollars and there was a toy sold every second I think or something every like that for, for four seconds i think is what it was for a long period of time a turtle figure sold it was a turtle figure sold every four seconds for like over a year that's crazy i was gonna say you put more you guys put more into a, a single cartoon episode than some of the recent movies <laughs> so, I, just, I, helped on, I helped a little bit like i consulted a little bit on that first movie and uh it was difficult i mean i met at the front and then they showed it to me four weeks before it came out. And they were like, uh, okay, we need help. What do you think? And I said, I think you should have asked me about a year ago. <laughs> it was like a little, and they, all they could afford was voiceover to fix it. And I was like, yeah. oh, sweet Jesus. They asked me to consult on the first one. And, and it was, a, in my opinion. The Jim Henson movie or the Michael Bay thing? The two Michael Bay, 2014, oh, no. 2016. But they were like, but no, the my movies were. Uh, yeah, your movies was like their perfect roadmap of do, to do the opposite. It was like a, you know, one of those things. I said, well, I don't think you should do that, and they go, okay, that's what exactly what we're going to do. And, uh, yeah, um, it, was it was weird, right? It was challenging. It was a challenging process. It was some, you know, it's good to see Bebop and Rocksteady on the big screen and stuff. Yeah, he's. It is. It is what it is. No, no. Uh, I always say to and, fans, it's like, there's some versions of the turtles I like more. There's some I like a little less, but you know, I love them all. But it's the essence. The essence is there. You know, the turtledom is real. Anything having to do with the Ninja Turtles is truly a positive vibration, and it does resonate throughout the whole universe eternally, as long as Earth's around, and it'll probably be on spaceships soon too, off of Earth, and you're gonna be on other planets really soon too, everyone. Um, it's so cool. Uh, you got to voice Ice Cream Kitty, Kevin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was one of those things that um, you know, Ciro had said, you know, uh, for a while he said, you know, it'd be great to have you do a voice of a of a character, whether it be you know maybe a good guy or bad guy or something like that. And he was showing drawings at one San Diego Comic Con of different characters that they were they were exploring. And when he showed the picture of Ice Cream Kitty, I told him afterwards. I said, I want to do that um, because it kind of reminded me of. Clunk in the Michelangelo Christmas comic that we did back in the day at Mirage. But I said, it's kind of like George Clooney doing the, the dog on South Park or something. I said, that's kind of, it's kind of funny. But to me, I thought, you know, Ice Cream Kitty was the coolest character. I said, I really, <laughs> really, really want to be Ice Cream Kitty. And he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, really, I really want to be well, Ice Cream Kitty. I, you know, I love that you did it. It's just, he just meows. So it's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, meows in pain. So it was actually funny. I, I just, <laughs> I was just surprised. Like, you just want to be a cat? Yeah, perfect. I love and that. that. Was, and it was like, it was clunk, really. Like, it was like, I had always wanted clunk in the show. And, and the original writers fought, fought me on it. And we ended up with um, Spike, who was like a pet turtle, which I thought was brilliant, too. But I, I had clunk FOMO throughout the series. So eventually, uh, we got Ice Cream Kitty, which was great. 
Oh, I love you got to watch the music video if you haven't watched it. It's on YouTube, and we could probably it's awesome during this ship it show. Awesome. Ice Cream Kitty song is amazing. But t- let's talk a little bit about how the, the 2012 series wrapped up as far as how Nickelodeon put it out and how it was supposed to end as well. Because I think a lot of people are they always ask me that question at cons. They're oh, like, really? Yeah, they're like, What's the question? They're like, Um, was it out of order? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's totally out of order. That's true because. We, we had done a bunch, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we had done a bunch of episodes that were that were like standalone stories, right? For season five, we had done like, you know, maybe four or five different three-parter stories. That was the whole season. And, and the idea was that we would explore stories in between or out of the timeline, but not necessarily not canon, which is a big thing, which is probably what you're talking about. And... So the very last story was something where it was it was uh, what I used to refer to as um, after the bomb, which was inspired by a board like a role playing turtles game from the eighties, where basically there was a, a nuclear explosion and now nothing's left except a bunch of anthropomorphic animals and the turtles could exist in this universe, um, but we retrofitted it to be a Krang story and basically. In the apocalypse, 50 years in the future, only Raph is alive. And we thought, yeah, that's how the show ends because that's the end of time. And Nickelodeon went, that's fine. They didn't care. And we definitely got support from everybody creatively. It's just, you know, uh, the people that do the programming, which is when the shows air, decided that that was not a good idea. So they made an episode, they made a random storyline, which I thought was more of a throwaway. It was just, it's not that it was bad. It was just, there wasn't much in it except, you know, hashing out stuff that's already known and, and 80 stuff where they, it was a story where the turtles teamed up with the eighties turtles, which I liked, but I think, you know, as a press stunt, they can market it better. Like it's, you know, our turtles meet the eighties turtles. So they made that the last shows that aired, but they're technically not the, if you look at a timeline, they're not the last shows. So why I bring it up though is because they were so epic. The four-parter, the ending, the whole—it was just so visceral and just it really was amazing. I, I hope everybody gets the chance to see it. I think it, it was so—you got to—you went all out, dude. You went—you you got to go all out. I did. I did. We went all out. I mean, my team was insane. Like I tasked them. Like we—I remember sitting in the room being like we have to create an entire George Miller, like Mad Max reality, like including cars and motorcycles and tribes of like mutant aliens and, or mutant animals and, and all new turtle models because they're 50 years older. And like, how are we going to do this? How can we afford it? How do we cheat it? And it was a lot of cheating, but it was a lot of hard work and it was, and it was basically rated R. Um, (laughs) It was really intense. I have an alternate cut where like Sean Astin's cursing through the thing, um, <laughs> that, which, you know, my editor conveniently lost at, on the Nickelodeon server. And I was like, fuck. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was awesome. I remember, I, Kevin, I don't know if you were there. We did a screening at the studio and I know all the actors came and the execs were all there. And I screened that uncut version. Um, I, I put trailers in the front of like all my favorite, uh, like, post-apocalyptic 70s exploitation films and it was like it was a great time uh, no, that was my last great time at nick yeah no you definitely you invited 
you invited us up. I think we were on the road at that time, but that was, uh, yeah. I, I liked, I thought that series was, I thought that series. There he is, Wingman in oh the house. God. Dude, the nectar of the universe in my hands right here. <laughs> uh. He looked so peaceful, like he's bestowing his wisdom and his, and his thoughts and his positivity on you through the stream. Isn't it amazing what Buddha can do? Yes. He's pure him, presence. What's he thinking about? Well, he's literally, I praise him all day. I introduce people to him and they become his dog votees. And I'm really, I'm launching this religion in Venice Beach right now, dogism. And it's just a natural fit to just let people like connect with God through the service of dog. And Wingman is doing magical works, connecting people to their higher self, which basically is pure presence. At this most recent like con that I went to in Nashville and in the Q&A, you know, Wingman's always in my lap and he travels with me everywhere. And this little girl, she goes, she gets on the mic and she's about six years old and she goes, what is, what was the name of the first dog on plant on earth? And I was like, oh, wow, what a question. What's the name of the first dog on earth? And immediately I just took that in and the universe told me immediately presence because dog is God's presence. And I just knew that that was the name of the first dog on earth is presence. So that, that, that child helped bring that realization in and Again, I love that you all love Wingman so much. That means you all know what's really going on. So thank you. All glories mm-hmm. to Wingman G. Dog I mean, bless you. I mean, maybe the first dog was called like Ruffer. <laughs> or that. Or, or that. Know, I don't know Rex anything. Or but I do Buster know. Buster or Ninja Turtle. Um, <laughs> my internet is so shoddy. And I just want to make sure we get everything for the fans who are dying for it. So um, before I go, I just want to make sure you both tell everyone anything you have up and coming that you want to promote or any charities that you love and where we can find you on social media for me it's a if you want to find you know anything you want to find out about me go to kevinisomstudios.com um that that that, that tells everything fans find us there and there's um instagram myspace uh, uh classmates.com that's the other one <laughs> twitter no, i think we're, we're up on a bunch of those other ones but right now i'm working on um a series called the last ronin which is uh based on a story that Pete and I wrote in 1987. Um, I spent about a year updating. It was set 30 years in the future in 1987. So it was set in 2017. Um, (laughs) I spent a a year updating it throughout 2018. And then Tom Waltz and I using those original 20 pages of notes that have adapted into a a five part um, 40 page series. It's just, it's it's been received by the fans really well. And that's, that's all we could ever. Last Ronin. I've been reading Last Ronin and it's kind of amazing. Um, it's beautiful. It really, it's really like, uh, you know, I, I don't read all the new turtle books, but I do read the ones every once in a while I pick one up and it, 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 it lines right up with the stuff like the old Mirage series that I followed closely as a kid. And it's just like, this one's definitely uh, a huge landmark in the, in the, the fandom of, in the, in the whole compendium of turtles. Awesome. By the way, by the way, Wingman never watches the ship at show like this. <laughs> he's totally mess- He's hypnotized. Should he, should he meet my cat? Hold on. Yeah, he's looking at his uncle Cyril, who we haven't seen in person oh, wow. in so long. Kev, Mama Tara, his fiance. He's like mesmerized. He's like, am I dreaming? There's <laughs> <laughs> Wolfie. Hey, Wolfie, say hi to your cousin, Wolfie. Wingman. Hi. Wingman's got a kitty sister next door named Xine. She's a Russian man coon supermodel. And they oh, love beautiful. Yeah. They love each other. 
Awesome. Tara, I don't have much going on right now. I, 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 you know, I wish I could talk about it. It's this, it's the, it's the, the problem with working in, in entertainment industry, mm -hmm. you have projects going on and you can't say what they are and maybe where they are. Um, but right now I am in my garage every day, storyboarding a pilot for a new series that I've been developing for about two years. And um, hopefully wait. it goes or it might not go. And then I'll <laughs> talk shit about it next year. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's going to I really, I, really, I, really, I like it. It's awesome. actually, what's funny, I can say a little bit about it. It's um, the origin story of me and like liking Kevin's comics and how that helped me make Ninja Turtles. This show's kind of about that. So it's mm -hmm. like a prequel to the turtle show. It's weird. Um, has to do a lot, and there's a lot of pizza in it and there's a lot of comic books in it. Um, and aside from that, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is still super, uh, super robot 74. Um, I drop artwork every once in a while, but again, the art I make is private, so I can't show it because I'm under contract, but I do other stuff. Eventually I show on there. And, you also uh, put probably, out an amazing, uh, turtles book recently, right? Wasn't there? A yeah. Last year I put out the art of the turtles book. That was really kind of awesome. Kevin wrote the foreword for that. Yeah. Um, but like right now I'm just reading last Ronin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. And, uh, yeah, just like, you know, staying healthy. It's been great. Great to hear. Yeah. Ke Kevin, Ciro, um, just, I just love you both so much. Thank you so much for being on the ship at show. Wait, wait, wait. I just, no, I'm just giving praise to them. We're not done with you. I don't want, I don't want this ever. And I was going to ask, can we just go on and on and on okay. and on? I just want to keep talking about stories. <laughs> I don't want going on. I know one of my regrets, I have no regrets in life, but one of the regrets I have, honestly, is Kevin asked me to marry, be the priest at his wedding. And I, I, was, on, I was on tour and I couldn't do it. And I, it, that's one of the things I regret. And I just, I just thank you. And I love you so much for even thinking of me to, to be in your life in that way. You, know? you, you, were, you were there spiritually and you blessed it from afar. So thank it's, you. Uh, you know, meant the same to us. And so, yeah, nowhere. You know, I think what we should do is... Uh, um, we should do a part two so we can, you know, let's, let's sign off and wish everybody, you know, peace, love and happiness and good Definitely. health. And we're all going to get, you know, the world's going to be a better place. And a couple well, months, yeah. but either way, we should all, we should all get together and talk again. Like they more what, uh, what everybody's doing, Tara, Greg, everybody, let's all, let's all get together and chat yeah. again. Oh, everybody this has been so special. Ciro, are you on in Instagram? I'm on Instagram. I'm at superrobot74. That's who I am. It's one word, superrobot74. Um, because I created Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Woo, on Disney Plus uh, right now. You can check it out. It's pretty good. It's I pretty guess good. The, the ahead of its time. coming up around the corner, guys, is, is the, that 2012 show turns 10 years next year. So wow. God willing, um, we should at least have a huge party. We can do it online so all of our fans can come. Or cool. I'll do it in person, hopefully. No, and, we, uh, but I would love to make something. Like, it'd be cool. If, even if it's just like, uh, Kevin, maybe we should jam on an IDW one shot or short or something. Or convince the people at Nick to do a video. I don't know. But like, TMNT 2012 in 2022, 10 years. That's, that's a milestone right there. Fresh. And um, so fresh. You know, I've been vegan for a long time. I know Greg is too. And I want everybody to kind of really think about me what too, me too. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, every little bit we can do helps guys. And, um, 
Didn't you know, what you put into yourself defines you and it also changes our world. So like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain in, in what's happening with our food and in animal agriculture is kind of part of what's hurting the planet. So it's a huge, huge, it's like the biggest part of what's destroying our world. So let's, uh, uh, let's get right or get left. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. Don't let your body be a graveyard, but wingman is a killer. Like this, he's, he's a, his digestive system is different than the humans. Like we're not even supposed to yeah, have no, it. No, no, of course. I mean, we're wingman not, is we're not a animals. Killer. We're, we're a different kind of animal. We're definitely yeah. animals. I'm an but animal. The world's changed. We, don't, <laughs> we, we can source our food differently now. We know. don't, you know, the, the argument of being no a predator doesn't count anymore for no, us. Like no, it's, it's supermarkets. Let's get, let's get, let's grow up here a little bit. And, and plant-based food tastes so good. I'm like two days in a row, vegan pizzas. And I have another one being made for me right now. My neighbor's like making me a big pizza. So I've been pizzaing out. Over and over. Yeah. Actually, the last shipper show we did, I, I couldn't take it out of my mouth. I did half of the show with pizza, vegan pizza in my mouth. But vegan pizza these days is so good. So I, I would love for hopefully one of the next versions of the turtles that comes out, because hopefully it'll never end. I know it won't. Michelangelo gets to become a vegan or one of the turtles gets to be, become vegans or all of them, because turtles are actually vegetarians. Turtles are vegans, not even vegetarians. So it would be cool to kind of bring that into it and play with that at some point. Well, a little, a little you about those turtles. They, yeah, they grew up. They, I mean, the reason they grew underground as well as they did was that Lee, uh, Donatello was cultivating like uh, chlorophyll ponds for them to. <laughs> that's how they they were eating like chlorophyll pizza and stuff like as kids. So uh, I do. I put spirulina on everything. It's so wild. Uh, the, the, it's funny, it's like, like you know, like uh, you know, for for people that eat meat. I don't want to get into this too deep, but like they season all their food to make it taste better with vegetables. Yeah. So, hey, just saying. <laughs> Nobody would eat a raw cow. Nobody would just eat a piece of pig. Um, Greg and I are huge vegan activists and it makes so much sense. You know, people just don't really want to look at what the truth is and what really is happening. I think if they really looked at it. Yeah. Um, sure. It's like you're eating, you're eating sadness and torture and pain and it's so true. If you put into your body whole foods, we, we save the planet. We save ourselves. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time today. Yes, yeah, thank you. It was awesome. And I would love to actually find a um, a turtle sanctuary fund that we can raise funds for during the Ship It Show because when we do go live, everybody gets to actually offer money to go to an organization. So we've always wanted to give back to the turtles more, the real turtles on planet Earth. So we should find a couple it. links on our site. There you go. Perfect. Well, listen, guys, until um, until part two. Yes. Great spending some time with you today. Can't love wait till we do it again. Um, big love and hugs to you all. And uh, let's talk super soon. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, guys. I love Have this. Good- all right. See you guys. Bye, see you all. Beastie, I'm so happy you knew something today. You did great, kid. I don't want it to ever end. <laughs> I have so much more to talk to them It was about. really special. We it was gotta really have special. Them. The turtles mean so much to so many people. So thank you to our amazing guests and the fans that join us. And Beastie, thank you today for knowing something. Yeah, I know a lot of stuff about nothing. All you shippers, make sure you subscribe, you like, you share. And this is just the tip of the turtle show. Just the tip. Maybe I said that wrong. Just the tip. Just the tip of the shell. The, the tip, tip of the, the turtle. Tip of the tail. Anyways, a lot more turtles coming on the ship and show, that's for sure. <laughs>